It is my joy to welcome uh, up this morning to preach the Reverend Brad Wass. Uh, Brad Wass is the Multicultural Director for the Central District of the Evangelical Free Church of America. Um, Brad has just a long history of serving in a lot of different places, uh, specifically uh, an extended season in Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, He's done a lot of sports ministries throughout the world. Brad, more than I think almost anyone I know, craves to be around the nations. Um, If I were to say, if I were to name one person that has a Revelation 7 heart, more than anyone I know, I've seen every tribe, tongue, and nation gathered around singing and praising the Lord together. Brad is who comes to mind for that. Um, And so he's just been a great gift to us as a district uh, in, in helping people of all cultures make disciples uh, who make disciples and and share the love of Jesus. So Brad, thank you for being here with us this morning. Uh, Can I pray for you as you get ready to share? Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, this brother, Brad Wass. Thank you for all the ways that you've watched over him, for for making it possible for him to be here this morning to share the news he has for us. Lord, we pray that uh, as he opens the word, that your Holy Spirit would be very active in our hearts. to stir in us your affections. Mm. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thank you, Chuck. Appreciate it. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. It's great to be here in Des Moines. Chuck, thank you for your tears this morning. I appreciate Aaron, and uh, he's a good brother, and very thankful for his call to be in Brazil. We spent a season in Brazil as well, and thankful for his calling and obedience to be in Brazil and praying for their family. So thank you for your passion and for your tears. So uh, this morning we have a very special guest, uh, but we are celebrating Love the Sojourner. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Deuteronomy chapter 10. That's where we're going this morning. Could I have the next slide, please? So uh, before we start, I have to announce my wife, Patty, is here. Patty, would you please stand? I want to honor my wife of 32 years. So this is my wife, Patty. We just became grandparents. So there you see little Abigail Grace. Uh, Abigail Grace was born about a month ago. So we we celebrate. We have five children, and our oldest, Andrew, and his wife, Hannah. Hannah was raised in Kenya. So uh, we rejoice in the privilege to be able to celebrate. And, you know, uh, I am so thankful, Westchester, for your passion here. Uh, We've been so impressed over the years. Chuck, you and your team uh, have done an incredible job of welcoming the sojourner, as we're talking about, loving the sojourner. And uh, I want to tell you a brief story. When we, we have a Romanian friend, I preach at a Romanian church in, in, in St. Louis, and, and a Romanian friend of ours that we work with in soccer, uh, we went to their celebration. They had just had their 12th child. Now, my friend, his wife was one of 16, and so her mother-in-law was there. <laughs> and I, I turned to her and I said, Esther, congratulations. How many grandchildren is this for you? And she said, hmm, let me think. Oh, that's easy. It's 101. (laughs) Does anybody have 101 grandchildren? Okay. Well, uh, what a picture of multiplication. And Westchester, I am here this morning to encourage you. God has used you through the years to multiply. I believe he's going to continue to do that. And I want to encourage your heart to increase and abound to run strong, to run hard, and to be passionate with this gospel that we've been given. We're ambassadors. 
And I want to introduce to you an ambassador this morning. Law, would you come up? Uh, right across the street, you have Hoover High School. And I have a Hoover High School, can you use that? There you go. You have a Hoover High School graduate here with you this morning. We had Pastor Lee, and it's here. Pastor Lee and pastors the Mizo Church, the Burmese Church, of about 600 just around the corner from you guys. Uh, Adam and Chuck and the team have met them. We're building relationships with them. And so uh, I've invited uh, Lol, who has just come back from the Army. Yes. But you are a graduate of Hoover. So I'm gonna, just going to ask you three quick questions this morning. Thank you for coming. Thank you. So the first question is, where have you come from, and what's your story? Oh, first of all, thank you um, this morning, Pastor, uh, Reverend Brad, sure. for inviting me here. It is an honor. Um, so I, I was born in Myanmar, Burma. Uh, I came here as, as a refugee, and I've been uh, staying here about 10 years now. First time I get here, I couldn't speak a word of English, <laughs> and I, I attend at uh, Hoover High School over uh, right across the street, and we have, there was uh, a class where we were able to learn English uh, for second language English learner. Uh, through that, I was able to make friends, <laughs> and I remember the church uh, that we used to go to, Zion Lutheran Church right, next, uh, right across the street, uh, they have a service where we can go there, uh, meet new peoples, the community, and that really make us feel welcome. And today, I still go there and meet, uh, still meet people. And we have a church, our church is right next uh, street as well, by the Meredith, uh, Meredith Church right there. And yes, that's my story. And I graduated, in, uh, I graduated from Hoover High School back in 2018. And right after that, I, 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 went, I went into the military. Mm. And uh, as, a way of, as a way of saying thank you to the country that um, gave us a better opportunity to live a better life. And thank you. One of the questions that we want to hear this morning from your heart, Lal, right. you're 23 years old. Yes. Uh, when you first arrived here, how mm -hmm. did you feel loved? How did you feel loved and welcomed? Yes. Uh, it was hard <laughs> first time I got here because uh, we didn't know any, anyone here. Uh, we were helped by the, our social workers. Uh, that, that was really helpful. And then I think it was uh, the high school that mm. actually made me feel very welcome, as mm. well as the church that I went to. Uh, high school, as I mentioned before, the, the ESL class, where we were able to learn English and start making friends and feel more belong to mm. the, uh, the community, as well as the, mm. the church. I remember one time uh, there was this, uh, I think, Tuesday pancake, I think it was that. They used, uh, yes, uh, in this church. Uh, me and my sister came in here uh, and had that pancake and really feel welcome that we're part of the community that um, this church has um, put out for. Pancakes, imagine pancakes. that, pancakes. <laughs> yes. So you felt loved by pancakes. Yes, I, I feel like I, I was part of the, the community. That's yeah. beautiful. As you came in, there, was, uh, there may have been a sheet that's in the back. Uh, this is our EFCA multicultural team. Uh, we have Renato, uh, who's our Hispanic director. We have Andre, who's our black director. Warku, who's our uh, African director. Patty and I serve as the multicultural director. And then we have Pastor George, who's our Myanmar Burmese uh, director. He's still in Myanmar. We're waiting for his visa. But please grab one of these and pray. Uh, and I'm lastly going to ask you this question, Law, yes. which is the most important. Where are you going? Where would you, where, 20 years from now, 
what would be a legacy that this church could leave by investing in, there's 30,000 uh, Burmese in Iowa and Missouri. So just think of one life, like you're hearing this morning, investing in one life. Where would you think, as a 23-year-old, where would you like to see Des Moines be? What would be your vision for the city of Des Moines? Great question, right there. Uh, just well, in 30 seconds, please. <laughs> so we have a church over there. We have youth, um, about, I would say, 60 people, 60 youth there. I think if we could um, have a service where youth people, our youth and also the youth from here could combine services, and that way we can build a better community where it's more diverse mm. but united, I think that w with that we can go farther. And within 20 years, I am certain that we will still be able to say Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life if we could do that. Mm. I think there is a bright future in front of us we could um, uh, come together collectively and worship part of God. So I'm just going to give one quick vision as a soccer coach. You guys have a gym here. We ran a soccer tournament with 150 people every Sunday night in our gym in St. Louis with the nations. Lal, you love soccer, don't you? I love soccer. So what if Lal would help run soccer in your gym? I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming. You. Let's give him a hand. Thank you. Well, it's one thing for me to speak, it's another thing for us to listen. Chuck last week gave a great talk, giving a, a background on loving the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind, and loving our neighbors ourselves, and going through Deuteronomy and Shema and listening. Lal, thank you for the privilege to be here and for us to listen to your heart. Thank you for that. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, please. Uh, if you're in Deuteronomy chapter 10, would you please stand with me as I read the word of God for us this morning? Again, taken from Deuteronomy chapter 10, beginning in verse 12. Listen carefully to the reading of God's holy and inerrant word. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Wow, it sounds like what you heard last week. <laughs> and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, <clears throat> which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart and love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them. You above all people as you are this day, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty and awesome God, who is not partial and he takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow he loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him, and by his name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God. He has done wonderful things and great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. Would you remain standing for us? Next slide, please. Uh, I'm sorry, before we go there, those are our three points where we're going today. Our three points are number one, the compassionate heart of God for all people. Number two, our circumcised heart brings a song of the gospel. 
And number three, the community of a city of sojourners. So that's our three points of where we're going. Next slide. Our next slide, we're going to pray together John Stott's daily prayer. Can you guys read that from where you're at? No? Okay. Well, how about if I read it from here, and if you can read, join with me, and if you can't, listen with your heart. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I worship you as the creator and sustainer of the universe. Lord Jesus, I worship you, Savior and Lord of the world. Holy Spirit, I worship you, sanctifier of the, God, the people of God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray that I may live this day in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Holy and blessed and glorious Trinity, three persons in one God, have mercy upon me. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as you've just heard from Deuteronomy, Moses is asking this powerful question. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? What a question. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require you? Deuteronomy is a series of sermons that Moses is preaching. He's calling Israel to live as the family of God. As we talked this weekend about loving the sojourner, we are part, as Chuck mentioned last weekend, we are part of our God. How does the, how does the Lord's Prayer start? Our Father, who art in heaven. He is calling all nations to himself. And the privilege that we have to be on mission with him. This is his mission. This is not about us and what we're able to accomplish. This is about him bringing us with him on his mission. And can I just say right at the beginning, as you saw the picture of our little grandbaby, mission starts in the home. The greatest opportunity that we have is to make disciples who make disciples right in our own home. So this morning as Moses is calling us, we recognize that 1 Corinthians 10, Paul also said, look to Israel. Watch them and see them. Look at the idolatry and the stubbornness of their heart. And he's warning us of our own heart. So this morning, we're going to do a little heart examination. Do we have any heart doctors in the room this morning? All right. Well, we're going there. We're going to heart doctors this morning. Again, the context of, can I have the next slide, please? The context of Deuteronomy chapter 10 is one of renewal. It's, it's looking at our heart recognizing that in Deuteronomy chapter 10, there was a covenant renewal going on. In chapter 9, there had just been those two tablets had been broken. I mean, Moses came down from the mountain and, and Israel was committing idolatry. And in the midst of that, Moses throws down the tablets and said, you've broken the covenant. And that's the context of where we are today in Deuteronomy chapter 10. Do you see, we are there. Every one of us are covenant breakers. God has made a covenant, and we have broken that covenant. But we also see Moses as an, a mediator, an interceder. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, right before our text, Moses intercedes. Aaron dies, and Moses intercedes. And the people are rescued. They're rescued because Moses reminds the people of God's covenant promise. God, you've made a promise. You took one man who was a sojourner, Abraham, and now as we saw at the end of our text, it says they're going to be as more numerous as the stars in the sky. 
Do you realize this morning God wants to do the same thing through you? His plan is you. You are God's plan. This isn't just a mission conference where we come and sit and say, oh, that was nice. You are enlisted right now. Lol, you just got out of the army, right? <laughs> do you feel free? <laughs> this morning, I want to communicate to you this morning that you have a freedom to be on mission. God has given you a freedom to go and to make disciples. What Deuteronomy 10 is doing is it's calling us to this dance. Do you see there's only really one person that loves perfectly? And that's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. God who's three in one. He loves us perfectly. But they also have a perfect submission to one another. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are dancing. And when there's a dance, there's one person leading and there's one person following. But there's a mutual dance. And God has called us into that dance. The word Shema in Deuteronomy occurs Peace occurs 65 times. God desires our peace. The word sojourner is used threefold in our text today, not only for sojourner, but for widows and orphans. And that threefold is used 14 times in the Old Testament, but in the book of Deuteronomy, it's used 10 times. So again, God is saying, I want you to listen to my heart. This is my heart. I love the sojourner. I love the lulls that come to Des Moines. And I want you to be with me. And love them too. And that's his heart. That's what he's saying to us this morning. 92 times the word sojourner appears in the Old Testament. 92 times. I helped start Panera Bread Company in my early days with Jewish leaders in St. Louis. And they taught me this phrase. They would say this. Do not find fault with foreigners with the same blemish you have. That's part of their culture that's been passed on. Which means, listen, 99% of America is sojourners. <laughs> We're immigrants. We've come from somewhere else. So recognizing this morning, I want us to see, as I talked yesterday about the men's, at the men's lunch from, from Luke chapter 10, I want us to put on Jesus' vision glasses this morning of looking through Deuteronomy 10 with the vision of Luke 10, which is the Good Samaritan, and Luke 15, which is the two lost sons the compassionate heart of the Father. So later on, would you think about this, and as you talk about this throughout the week, and as you meditate on this throughout the week, look at this passage through those two lenses and ask yourself this question. Can you really love perfectly? When I ask my heart that question, when Israel was asked this question, what does the Lord require of you? The first point in loving the sojourner is, you can't do this. <laughs> I've got great news for you this morning. As we're talking about loving the sojourner, you can't do it. None of us can. And so the first point that we're making here this morning is you can't do this. But that's the way that you actually come to the place where you recognize there's a perfect love that my heart needs that I don't have. It's got to be outside of me. It's got to come to meet me on the inside. So listen to this. How does, the, how does your heart respond when you hear what the Lord requires you? Look at verse, uh, look at verse uh, 13, 14. It's, it speaks of five verbs. Fear, obey, walk, love, and serve. Now when you hear that, you generally have two responses. You ge there's generally two responses when you hear those five verbs. Okay, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to go after it. And there's another response that says, you know what? I can't do that. 
And what we do, we call that either law-keeping or law-breaking. We either try to fulfill the law and think we can do it, and it crushes us, or we say, I could never do that, so we don't even try. And so we all fall off in our hearts, really on one side or the other. We fall off on, on one, and what it shows is that the law is perfect. The law is the perfect communication of what the heart of God is. As we're talking about the heart of God, we recognize that it's perfect. The law is perfect, and the law reveals that my heart just like the Israelites, is stubborn and idolatrous. Because you see, the first two commandments really are about identity. You shall have no other God before me. It's all about identity. And so this morning, where is your heart? Where is the identity of your heart this morning? Where do you find your identity in? Listen to what Tim Keller says. Sin is the despairing <coughs> refusal to find your deepest identity in your relationship and service to God. Again, he says, sin is the despairing refusal to find your deepest identity in your relationship and service to God. So this morning, as you look at this passage through Luke 15 eyes of the prodigal son and the older brother, both of them are lost. One is lost in his moral law-keeping, and the other is lost in his social goodness to, love, to go to care for people. And so you have two people, you have two types of people. And really in our culture, you see people fall into one of two camps. But what is the heart that the Lord is calling us to? He's calling us to understand that I cannot love unless I have his compassionate love for people. Unless I become his son. And the amazing thing about scriptures, it says both sons and daughters are called sons. And men and women are also called the bride of Christ. So our identity in Christ is that we belong to him. We are part of his family. But what does that look like? How do you know whether your heart this morning really is filled with Jesus Christ? Well, let me look at this. Look at the next section, the compassionate heart of God. In, in Luke 15, God throws a banquet. He, he throws a banquet with a robe, a ring, fatted calf. And if you see this passage right here, look at this, this slide here, the EFCA mission statement. Our mission statement for the EFCA is to glorify God by planting healthy multicultural churches among all people. And so a big part of what we do with that is we do that both across the street, Hoover High School right here, and around the world. So uh, we're working in nations all over the world. But what you see right at the heart of all this is the compassionate heart of God. In other words, when we ask the question, what gets you up in the morning and what drives you to love your neighbor? What's going to drive you to love the sojourner? Monday through Saturday, what difference will it make that we're here? What difference will it make for you to walk across the street and love your neighbor from another nation? How will you do that? I believe that the only way you're going to really do that is the compassion and the heart of God. Can I have the next slide, please? Do you realize that next month, if you can see this slide on the, on the left, next, next month in November, 8 billion people will be on this planet. 8 billion we have 8 billion people living on this planet, and you're one of 8 billion. And so you say, what difference could I make? Well, look at the slide right next to that at the top. Right here in the United States, as you see right there, there's 350 unreached people groups. In, in St. Louis, where St. Louis is the third fastest growing foreign-born city where Patty and I live, and we have 75,000 Bosnians. We have the largest number of Bosnians outside of Bosnia living in our city. And we only know of eight 
Bosnian believers in our city. If to be Bosnian is to be Muslim, is the culture. So how do you enter into that culture? How do you engage that culture? And how do you love in a way where their gospel is being communicated? Well, look at the bottom right next to that. Let's go right across the street. That pie graph is Hoover High School, right across the street from you. What an amazing privilege you guys have. And for years, you guys have loved the nations. Lol, thank you for sharing about pancakes. <laughs> were they good, by the way? They were awesome. There you go. Thank you for making pancakes. But look at it, right across the street, 31% black, 24% Anglo, 23% Latino, and 16% Asian. God has given you a gift right here. Do we see the nations among us as a gift? God has given us this incredible gift of Revelation 7-9 coming to us. For years, we would fly overseas to Africa, and we, I just got back from Kenya. You know, 30 hours flights, eh? <laughs> and, or you could just walk across the street. So this whole idea of diaspora was given to the Jewish people, a movement of people. Now we're seeing a movement of people globally. There's a movement of people globally. 300 million people are on the move right now. Isn't that amazing? Almost the entire population of the United States on the move. And what will we do? How can we enter in? What if there's just one person today that you say, Lord, give me one person. I can't do eight billion, but I could do one. If every one of us did that. I was just in Kenya. They're planting five churches a day. And do you realize that every person in the church is making disciples who make disciples? And the reason they're planting five churches a day is because it's everybody in the church is out making disciples and multiplying their lives. And it's so refreshing to see that passion, the passion to say, God has given us this gift. Can I boast in my own weakness for a moment? I just come to faith in Christ. I'm from Minnesota. I just come to faith in Christ at through the Navigator Ministry up at Mankato State University. And we had a couple guys on our floor that were from South Asia, India. And they would cook this curry, and all the guys on the floor would complain, oh, man, that is awful. That curry is so strong. I could smell it in my clothes for years. And, <clears throat> and I had just come to faith in Christ, and I had been one of those guys saying the same thing. And then one day I walked past their room. It must have only been a week after I'd come to faith in Christ, and the day after I came to faith in Christ, Tim Harris, who led me to faith, said, let's go out. I want, you to, I, want to, I want you to learn to give away your faith the next day. And I said, I can't do that. He said, yeah, just come with me. And so there's that principle of with him, with him, with him. Just bring people with you. And so I went into their room. And sure enough, they were cooking curry. And they were incredible guys. I had never taken the time. I entered into their room that was open. We started talking, had great talks. They started talking to me about cricket and curry. I tried some food. It was delicious. And we became friends. All because I said, okay, Lord, that's not right for my heart. If your grace is really real to me, I'm going to give it away. That grace changed me. It changed me in a way that instead of complaining about people, I became a joy. It became a joy for me to get to know them. In the 20th century, 82%, in the beginning of the 20th century, 82% of Christians lived in the global west and the north. African theologian Laman Sane says that in, in 1900, Korea only had 2% Christian. Today, 50% of Korea is Christian. 
In Africa, in 1900, 9% was Christian. Today, 60% of Africa. Do you realize the gospel is growing twice as fast as Islam in Africa? Can we say that about the United States? When I came back as an evangelist and I was told, listen, uh, we don't need evangelists anymore in America. We don't do evangelism. I'm like, what? <laughs> the gospel is what's going to bring the change. Are we really believing that we can, through our, just our kindness and our niceness, make a difference? It's the gospel. You cannot love unless God fills your heart. So this morning, would you like that? Would you love to see this gospel transform your heart? Do you know right now in the 21st century, two out of three Christians in the world live in Africa, Asia, and Latin America? Anglos like us, we're in the minority. And by 2050, it's going to be 77%. So we better get used to it. Our, our America is changing. There's a great book we've got right here, Embracing the New Samaria by Alex Mendez. I've got a copy. I'm leaving it for you. Pass it around. I think there's a few copies here already. But it shows us that by 2042, America's changing. Can I have the next slide, please? And I'll show you how it's going to change. I have two daughters that teach in Memphis. My daughter, Emily, is, this is her in the class. She's the only Anglo in this picture. And she's got 22 second graders <laughs> and not one Anglo in her class. This is the future of America, my friends, 20 years from now. And what will we be doing? What is going to be your legacy 20 years from now? Will you invest in just one? Just one. Love one foreigner. Love one sojourner. They're around you here in Des Moines, all over. Do you have the eyes to see them? Put on that vision of Luke 10, Luke 15, and let the Lord give you his heart for the nations. I want, you to remind, I want to remind you this morning that Jesus was that ultimate sojourner that came to restore the song of creation. So as you hear those four verbs, fear, obey, walk, love, serve, do you see that as duty or beauty? If Jesus Christ is truly Lord of your heart and his love has filled your heart, the beauty of the gospel will give away. It'll just flow from you. It'll just come out. Chris Wright says, these five verbs that we're looking at are a musical chord, and taken together, they bring harmony. They bring harmony where we understand the rever reverential fear of God that we are his sons and that we belong to him. Verse 15 is a central verse that we're going to look at here in a moment. To circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. Do you realize that the stubbornness is naturally part of our heart and every one of us sitting here today has some kind of an idol that blocks the gospel from transforming our hearts so how can we live our lives free of that i'm going to show you an example of a man that's done this can i have the next slide please so this is one of my missionary heroes his name is george lyle george lyle left for jamaica from the shores of the States. Many of you may not even have heard of George Lyle. He's an African, he was the first African-American pastor ordained in the United States. He was a slave. He was set free. And with his freedom, what did he do with his freedom? Live the life, just pastor in the United States? No. He saw the brokenness of people in Jamaica. He saw the chains of slavery. And he went. And he said, Lord, I don't want to go, but I'm going. And so he went. And he went before William Carey. 
Most of us understand William Carey is the father of mission. George Lyle went 10 years before William Carey did. And he understood that it was this transformation of his heart that mo mobilized him and was his motivation to go. He knew the compassionate heart of the Lord. Our second point this morning again is from verse 16. I said 15 earlier, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. The word decision is the word to cut away. So you cut away something. You make a decision, you cut away. I'm not going to watch the Chiefs today. I'm sorry if you're a Chiefs fan. <laughs> or I'm not going to watch Liverpool if you're a Liverpool fan. So you cut away something. But the word circumcision is yes, scission means to cut, but circum means around the entire life. So God's desiring that your entire life is his. God desires that circumcision of your heart in such a way that it's not just a decision that you make to follow Christ because you can decide today and not decide tomorrow. It's a circumcision of the heart that says, I'm fully yours. You have redeemed me and I'm your son. Here I am, send me, just like Isaiah said. So when we understand that the heart moves toward idolatry and that golden calf for an identity, what will really change us? Will the compassionate heart of our Lord really transform us? Moses was that mediator that stood in the gap. Will you be a mediator? Will you stand in the gap? If you have this heart, will you, could I have the next slide, please? Will you stand in the gap in such a way like Javid? Javid lived in Afghanistan. You see him with, the, with I'm wearing my Kenya shirt and just giving him a, a World Cup soccer ball. By the way, the World Cup starts next month. Great opportunity, great way to build relationships with the nations. Soccer is the global game. And so Javid said, you know what? I was living my life thinking I was pursuing the requirements of God as a Muslim. And I saw a Christian that knew the compassionate heart of God, and he gave his love of God to me. And I, I couldn't get away from it. I, I, I was completely changed. And Javid is being used now radically in Missouri and around the world because he's been transformed. He's a Fulbright scholar. When I look at the future, what an incredible future we have in the next 20 to 30 years here in the United States because of the nations. Just to the right of that is a picture taken of an Iranian church in St. Louis with a friend of mine that was also a pro soccer player who's now the pastor. And the Iranian church is the fastest growing church in the world today. Did you realize that? And so this was Mother's Day. My wife Patty's up there with all the Iranian women. But here's a picture of circumcised hearts that are going on around the world. They're not comfortable. They say, we can't help but speaking of what we've seen and heard. So you ask the question, okay, Brad, that's great. But, you know, what is this whole idea of the grace of God? We talked about the glory of God in our first section here about the compassionate heart of God. But tell me, Brad, what does it mean to know circumcision? What, is, what are you talking about? As a matter of fact, that's exactly where the young people were at this time. Do you see, the older people had already been circumcised. But all the younger that had been born in the wilderness had never been circumcised. They didn't get circumcised until Joshua chapter 5, until they crossed the other side of the Jordan. So in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says that, 
Paul says we're dead in our trespasses and sins. And in the midst of that death, he goes on later on in 2.11, in and he says, Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated. That sounds like foreigners, doesn't it? You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without our God in the world. But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He is our peace, who has made us both one, has broken down the flesh and the dividing wall. This is so close to my heart. I could keep preaching, and I, uh, I want you to hear very clearly that this same man in Deuteronomy chapter 5, 29, it says, Oh, that, this is a Hebrew phrase, Oh, that, my people. In Luke 19.41, later on, there was another man named Jesus who came along and said, Oh, that Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you would come to me like a mother hen gathers its chicks, but you would have none of it. Do you see, my friends, there's an unfulfilled longing that, oh, that says, oh, that we would really fully give our hearts to the Lord, that we would really sing this song of being a rescued rescuer. This morning, would you be willing to have an iOS upgrade? Many of you have cell phones that you're holding in your hand right now, and I want, I want to remind you that iOS does not stand for Apple Internal Operating System. It stands for identity, oneness, and service. Would you take that away today? Listen to what 1 Peter 2, verse 9 says. You are a chosen race, there's your identity, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. There's compassion. So in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says there's going to be sheeps and a sheep and goat that will stand before him. Everybody will say, Lord, Lord. Many people profess to be Christians. But when that judgment comes, it will be the sheep that said, Lord, where was that sojourner that was on your heart that I went to? Glory, grace, gather, and go. Hebrews chapter 11, 13, and we're going to close with this, speaks of a city. They were seeking a city, a city of sojourners. That's what all of us are. We're seeking this city, and that city is none other than the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is that city. When you look at Revelation, it says that he is the city. Grace, would you pray with me as I pray every day? I ask the Lord to fill my heart for love for people because it's not natural. 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 and 13 is my daily prayer. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he would establish your heart unblameable in holiness before our God and Father, the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. How do we stand before Jesus Christ holy? His love. How do we love the sojourner? By a love that he gives to us. So practically, how can you do that? Augustine wrote a classic book called The City of God, where he contrasts the city of God and the city of man. What if Westchester was the city of God within the city of Des Moines? What if you are a city within a city? What if you could apply these three E's of engaging the culture of the nations that God has sent to you? That's his heart. 
He sent them to you as a gift. What if you not only engage that culture, but you've entered that culture in such a way, maybe through ESL, maybe through helping to sponsor some students that are going away to college. Lull is going to uh, Iowa State here soon, coming alongside and helping them to succeed, doing some bridging courses. There's all kinds of opportunities that you could do. And lastly, what if we would pray daily for emerging movements of the gospel right here? We pray for it overseas, but do we ask for the gospel to emerge amongst the different unreached people groups that God has sent to you? You have Bosnians as well in your city. Could we see that happen right here? Do you see in Acts chapter 17, the go communicates God made from one man every nation and he allotted the exact place where they would dwell so that they would seek him. And I'm going to close with this. In Genesis 16, 8, Hagar was an Egyptian servant to Sarah and the angel of the Lord when she went away asked two questions. Where have you come from and where are you going? Did you notice when I talked to Lull? I just asked him two questions. Where have you come from and where are you going? Just how do I enter into a culture with somebody else? Ask two questions. Where have you come from? Tell me your story. And where are you going? That's what Jesus did. Do you realize Hagar, her name means foreigner? (laughs) It's amazing. It means sojourner. And Jesus met them. Can I have the next slide, please? We're going to close with this. This is a picture of, of Kenya where I was just in Kenya. Next slide after this. So this is a picture of the next slide, uh, please. Uh, the next slide is, uh, okay, that's our cup of nations. Um, uh, I'll go back to that later. Can I have the next slide? I'm just going to go, there you go. This is Dr. Isla Tase. And the picture here with Isla is 10 generations in five years. This is how fast the gospel is, is growing and spreading within Kenya. See, if God uses you to pass on the gospel to another sojourner, and they pass it on to someone else who passes it on to someone else. In five years, Isla showed he had 10 generations of the gospel being passed on just in this one Samburu area. Do you see that's the vision of how the gospel can transform the city within the city of Des Moines? Will you make a choice today to, not, to cut away those things in your life, but also to let God be circumcising your heart in such a way that you say, Lord, I want to love the sojourner with the love that you love. We're going to close lastly with this Psalm 67. Would you stand with me? If you can read this, uh, I'm sorry for the smaller print, uh, uh, but this is Psalm 67. If you have it in your Bibles, that's great. This is Israel's commitment to love the sojourner. They were sojourners. And Psalm 67 is the song that they would sing. And I want to ask you not to just quote this today as words, but to let it penetrate your heart in such a way that you let God use you to be a blessing to all people. Where it says B, I'll read. Where it says P, that's people, you can read. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us.
Lord, you started with one man as a sojourner, Abraham. You said in Genesis 12, I will bless you, and all the nations will be blessed through you. And then what we read today in Deuteronomy 10 says that the people had become as many as the stars in the sky. Won't you bless Westchester? Won't you bless them as they seek to love the sojourner? Use every single person that's in this church to be catalysts on a movement to transform Des Moines, to love the sojourner with the love that you give to us. And we commit this into your hands, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to stay standing. Uh, we are going to, Brad, thank you so much. This was such a treat, uh, such a blessing. Um, and uh, it's always good to hear a, a fresh challenge. And Lowell, thank you for being here. We're going to sing the doxology, and then I'll close us in benediction. Praise God from From Colossians, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. Let us walk in the fullness of the life of God in all the ways that have been outlined for us this morning. Thank you, and go in peace, and come back tonight at 530.